the question that you have to answer as someone who's growing in prayer is, do you believe God speaks today? Do you believe God's desire for people is to speak? I believe God's always speaking. We're just not always listening. Yeah. God's all his desire is always to bring love and wholeness and freedom and joy and peace and the kingdom reign here on earth as it is in heaven. And when we show up, there is a possibility through partnership with God that Matthew chapter six, God's kingdom would reign in physical bodies and minds in past emotions and, and we can just be partners with him and his will being done. You are listening to The Dwellings Podcast. On this podcast, we will share stories that will inspire you on your journey with Jesus and help you cultivate kingdom community right where you are. This is season one, Hearing God's Voice. Well, I am really, really excited today to have Darren Rounds in um, here for you all to hear from. He is from California, and I actually got to um, be around him around a year ago. I was at a pastor's conference in Santa Monica, and Darren was there. And you know, those times where you just, uh, you look at a person and you watch them and you think there's something that that person is carrying that I need to learn from. That is what I felt when I was around Darren at this gathering, he was leading times of prayer and I've been trying and some people in our community have been trying to grow in the way that we pray, not just speaking to God, but also hearing God, which is what we're talking about in this series. And so he and I have connected since then, and he is just a special voice in the church right now. Mm -hmm. And I've been following your teaching, Darren. I'm just excited that we get to have this conversation and let other people hear from you today. Uh, You're so kind. You're a very generous person. Thank you. I I love to be a part of what you're doing. I, I love what you're doing out there. And uh, it's it's cool to see what God, how God brings people with similar values and hearts and vision together in yes. moments like like we experienced in Santa Monica at that at that gathering, where it's it's like all these people from all over come, and we all have a, sh- a shared heart and DNA, and it's like oh, we're all family. You know, the kingdom is is really small at the end of the day. It's a bunch of family. So yeah, cool exactly. And and you can you can get close really fast, which is which is yeah, fun. Yes. Um, when you've yeah. got common values, but tell us a little bit more about you, Darren, about your family and your church and your ministry. I know you've gone through some really big changes. So tell us about, about yes. that. Yes. So uh, in a nutshell, I am married to my wife, Alex. We, we've been married for almost 16 years. Um, and we have two boys, nine and five years old. Ezra and Amos, they are homeschooled and we live in Southern California. So we live in Long Beach, California. We moved to Long Beach after I I was in India. I heard from the Lord, plant a church in Long Beach. I was 22 years old at the time, engaged to my wife. And then we got married that summer. And then um, about eight months later, we started a missional community in downtown Long Beach. And then a year later, we planted a church called Garden, and we've been there for 15 years now in the city, I guess. Yeah, 15 years. Um, And, you know, we started a church in the inner city of Long Beach, which at the time was the most diverse city in the United States. It's now the 15th most diverse city in the U.S. So it's very different. It's a coastal city, but very diverse, um, urban. And we've been just uh, serving faithfully, you know, to this community. And, And over the years... 
our church has grown. You know, we we started in a in an old basement with three of us, and then it moved eventually to a nightclub mm-hmm. slash cigar lounge, which was wild. <laughs> we were taking gargoyles off walls and um, covering up alcohol and putting in air purifiers for the kids' rooms. This is all true. Oh, um, wow. People had to pay pay for parking to go to our church at night. It was crazy. And then, you know, we moved around and found ourselves for the last nine and a half years in a middle school in kind of a low-income neighborhood for the last nine and a half years serving. Um, but as we've grown, our our kind of reach grew. We we have people that come from downtown LA, Santa Monica, which is like 30, 30 minutes to 45 minutes away to Riverside County, Southern California, Orange County. So we had this stretch of people coming from all over. So it wasn't just a local kind of inner city community when we, uh, like we started, it grew to mm-hmm. more of a regional area. Um, and we have house churches. So in 2018, we launched house churches, partnered with Francis Chan. He kind of taught us for a year. He came down every month and um, in 2017, helped us transition from small groups to house churches. Um, and so we've been doing that for 15 years. And, and then the new thing that I was just sharing with you about is that we, We've been looking for a building for about 12 years, and we've tried 34 times to get a facility in Long Beach. And wow, when COVID shut down everything, we were in LA County, so it was really hard. We couldn't gather for 14 months. We tried getting churches or facilities. There's a friend of mine who owns a bank, or he's the CEO of a large bank in California, and he was like, use one of our branches, meet in our parking lot, and we'll open up the restrooms for you. So right when like things started working out, we, we were able to get back in. Um, but we tried to expand our search. So we just landed a facility. Um, we moved in four months ago, but it required us to move to uh, a new city, uh, seven miles from where we were currently from, not seven miles from where, from our city, but seven miles from where we were meeting. Um, so we moved venues, move, move cities, move counties. And we just did that about three, I guess it's three months ago that happened. So we are now in North Huntington beach. We have an amazing facility on a marina um on pacific coast highway so it's pretty awesome so that's where we're at wow so awesome lots lots of change you've had to be really flexible um but sometimes that's good for us because then we know like our foundation is not in our you know earthly stability and the church is not in this building it it helps remind us but wow it's it's hard to (laughs) to get that much change it's it's definitely shaped our identity and formed kind of steel convictions you know i would say like these are the things we're absolutely about so now that we not only embody those but we we have named them and you know articulated them we're, we're training people in those values as well so wow so cool well the last time we talked i got to hear a little bit about your personal spiritual journey mm-hmm. and in this series we're talking about hearing god's voice And that intersects a lot with our own theology on the Holy Spirit. And I know your theology over the last maybe decade, I can't remember how many years, has changed a bit or grown a bit. Could you tell us anything about that shift and what that's been like for you? Well, to begin, I would say my my, I, I started in a church that did not believe the ministry of the Holy Spirit was for today. So more of a cessationist view. So I come from that background very much father son holy bible and i also come from an academic background like study the word my dad was a professor at a christian university so i very much come from spiritual formation theology the the word is everything the bible is everything and then i had a a kind of a theological conversion 
um, in college about the kingdom of God. And it really opened my idea, my understanding to the whole of scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, this message of the kingdom that's found in the, the life and ministry of Jesus. And then I, I, I had a theolo- theological conversion that the Holy Spirit's for today, but I hadn't experienced that. So I was 22, that trip where I heard God say, plant a church in Long Beach, it was at that, um, on that trip, on my way to India, we stopped in London and this church in central London that was uh, experienced renewal from the vineyard movement back in the day was talking about the ministry of the spirit today in ways that I had only heard about in contexts like the third world. So being in Southern California, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Here we are in a central London church where atheists are accepting Jesus on the tube because the, the subway, because words of knowledge and prophecy are healing. I'm like, that is wild. And wow. so rather story after story, they were telling testimonies from like a month, just, Hey, these are all the stories from the last month. And I was overwhelmed. Then the pastor's like, Hey, why don't you guys all stand up? We'll pray for you. Our team will pray. And they prayed for us. Pastor came over to me and read my mail. I had no context for <laughs> words of knowledge or prophecy. I was just like, you read my journals and you're speaking to the questions of my heart and I'm undone. And I was weeping and which was, you know, it was a powerful encounter. It was a God encounter. I was baptized or I was filled. I encountered the Holy Spirit in a very tangible way. And, and it kind of unlocked something in me. Mainly, it, it made me open to God speaks today. And it's not this crazy idea. It's actually very normal. And so that set me on my journey to become open to the Spirit. So since then, which was March 2007, I've just been a learner. I want to be hmm. someone who knows the voice of God, learns about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and our my personal journey along with our church. So I started a church out of that journey. I wanted to become a church like that church that would um, basically do the things of the New Testament. At the end, of, like, how do you articulate this? I just believe that the all of Jesus's ministry is available for all of the church today. And I think he's looking for people who are open and humble, who want to be used and who have the audacity to follow his promptings and his voice. It's that simple. Like if I could summarize my journey, it's hearing and obeying. That's it. Like, I think discipleship comes down to that, hearing God and obeying. And I would add a couple more things like monkey see, monkey do. But other than that, it's not that complex. We make it really complex today. Um, Read scripture and obey hear his voice and obey, learn from people who followed, you know, God and mimic their lifestyle. I think that's what Paul teaches in Corinthians. Um, So in regards to the spirit, you know, I was just awakened to the spirit then. And then I just followed kind of the journey of reading scripture, reading theology, reading dead theologians, and then trying to do that in our church. And what's changed, I think, in the last, I don't know, since we started church is that we just now, uh, what's changed? Well, we're, we're less afraid of failing in it. Like in the beginning, it was so risky to be like, oh, God's speaking. Maybe he wants me to pray for some stranger. Now it's like, forget it. I'll fail every single time and get it wrong. What do I mean by that? Like I might think God said something and then I share something with a stranger and, I, and it's not right. I will do that every single time because of all the times we've also been right in our community. Right. Um, and when I see like those moments, like I, I was just preaching at that church on Sunday uh, that we met at, at Vintage Church. 
And I had some words of knowledge that I shared with people. You know, back then I didn't know what they were called. They're absolutely words of knowledge. And how, how do you know they're a word of knowledge? Well, you share them. And then the person's like, oh my gosh, how do you know this? And you go, well, I don't know. God knows. And he wants, he wants to minister to that place in your heart. That's, that's um, you know, where you're wounded. And I prayed for this 82-year-old woman that was at this church. And I had a word of knowledge about something that happened to her when she was 20. And she said that was the thing that created fear and anxiety that she's, she's cared for 62 years. And here wow. I am, a stranger, a stranger in her wow. community. And she's carrying a 62-year-old wound that wow. in a moment of prayer was revealed, you know, in a gentle way. And she's weeping and, you know, God's healing and ministering to her in those moments. So I, I would say the fear kind of diminishes in some ways. Um, and then you just keep going for it. So that's it. That's the only thing. And I know a lot more now um, because I failed throughout the ways, <laughs> you know, so I've learned to hear his voice and trust him and grow in, in journeying in it. I would say, so what's changed? More listening, more obedience, way more scripture than ever before. Like I just, I love the word. In fact, I would say, if you want to be a crazy charismatic. I'm not saying be a crazy charismatic, be a crazy scripture person first. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't neglect the study and let the, yeah. let the spirit set it aflame. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just consume work, consume the word of God. Like I, I, we did this thing where we, we were reading the new Testament for 40 days as a church. And I, I just couldn't put it down. There was like this, just, this just happened during Lent where I, finished the new Testament in like seven days. And then I read the rest of the old Testament. So I read like the whole Bible in about 30 something days, but it was weird what that did to my imagination, what that did to my preaching, what that did to my prayer life, what that did to, for my parenting. I was like reading, you know, all of Genesis in one sitting and then all of, you know, the rest of it was like books at a time. I read all of the minor prophets in one sitting. I'm like, that does something to your soul. There are seasons where you need to meditate on scripture in like small chunks for a long time, but there's something about reading like that lots of scripture that fueled my prayer life in ways that it, you know, hadn't before. So, wow, that's amazing. That's yeah. And in, in our uh, house last month, we read out loud the book of John and it was amazing what that did for us. Like I had read the different chapters and many in our uh, house had read different chapters recently or different verses, but to see the whole book as a whole and to hear it all together audibly yeah. did something different in our mind. So I know exactly what you mean. Well, that's yeah. very cool. 40 days through the new Testament. Well, um, yeah. I want to jump uh, a little bit to your desire to help people learn how to pray um, I think that's a, you know, I see you teaching um, on that a lot and you've had extra like seminars at your church with prayer training. And I want you somehow to do the job of this is a hearing God series of helping us understand what hearing God has to do uh, with prayer. And yeah. when, when I saw you and when I saw you leading the prayer time, that's what I picked up on is somehow you are listening to God as you're praying. And you were also trying to help a bunch of us do the same thing. And so I have, yeah. a, I have a few specific questions. I was just dying to ask you. I've yeah. been dying to ask you. Actually, I don't know if you remember at that gathering. I said, can I, I just follow you around? <laughs> <You> said, <laughs> yeah. 
you said actually, yes, like I do that with people. I, I think maybe you had done that with yeah. some other people, but um, you said, you said that I could, and then I never, I, it was a weird moment where I, I couldn't intersect this personal moment you have with another person in good conscience. But can you tell us, first of all, when you find yourself praying with another person, um, what that has to do with listening and hearing yeah. from God, because I, I saw you praying with multiple individuals. And what I noticed about you was an intense, uh, listening, a lot of eye contact, lots of questions. Um, but also I, I felt like you were in deep communion with God on that person's behalf. Can you tell us, um, yeah. what you're doing in those moments when you're praying individually with people so that we can all grow yeah. from what you've learned? So I'll just frame it for those listening. Like in our church, we do something called ministry time where you know, if you come to our church, it's going to be like most churches. It's going to be worship, great coffee, worship, <laughs> uh, pr announcements, preaching, and then there'll be a little bit more worship. But before the worship begins, we pause it from different from the sermon or response from the word. We will have um, people stand up, close their eyes, open up their hands as in a posture of openness and just wait on the Lord. And then our prayer team, which had been praying before the service would bring words of knowledge that could be a word of knowledge or prophetic words. Or if I have a prompting from the Lord, I'll just use that time to share it. And then we call people forward. Um, and so usually every week, lots of people come forward. Um, every week we'll pray for healing for anyone that's sick or any condition. And we call them forward. And then our, our ministry team will pray. And do what you saw me doing. We, we just train everyone to do that. We, we so so what you'll call you know prayer. I'll call ministry time. And it's interesting because I've been really thinking about this because a lot of people from that gathering that we were at asked has ha, they've asked me, hey, will you come and help me train like train our church in prayer? And I'm like, you know, I don't know if it's prayer. There is a model of prayer that I'll talk about, but it's more of a culture that's uh, built in the ministry and the power of the Spirit. And what I mean by that is like my, my theological belief is the spirit wants to minister to people. Like God wants to love his kids. And we as followers of Jesus become a vessel to reveal God's heart for people. Um, so ministry time is a moment where we train people to pray intentionally in intercessory prayer on behalf of the people coming forward. So I wouldn't call it like, oh, this is, this is intercessory prayer. We're contending for change. It's a very specific model that we learned from that church in the UK, but also that it's just the old 1985 original vineyard model, which is simply this, like people come forward, they're coming because they want to receive from the Lord. The person praying is, has learned to hear on behalf of God for those people. And so for us, we, we believe when someone is standing there, our task is not to say a bunch of things. Our task is to let God minister to people. So we create a context where the prayee can receive from the Holy Spirit themselves. Um, and we as, as you know, partners with God in his ministry can stand there on our behalf. So we'll put our hand on their shoulder. We won't be intense. You know, that's, this is a big thing I'm, I'm trying to teach people is like, it doesn't have to be, oh, really intense prayer, like trying to call down God from heaven, like Elijah, you know, it's not, it's not that even when Elijah did, it's quite simple. It's just standing and gently ministering in power because we know there's authority that we've received. We know the spirit wants to minister and we know that, that they've already come forward. So there's a hunger, there's a longing for God to minister. 
And so usually what I teach people in those moments, the first thing they learn is to have a, a hand on their shoulder and say, Lord, I bless what you're doing. Like that's the number one thing wow. that we've taught people to people to pray. Like you don't have to be good at hearing God. You just know, you have to be good at knowing God is sovereign and wants to minister. His desire is to love. His desire is to heal. His desire is wholeness. Um, and so you stand there on behalf of them interceding and your intercession is God, I bless what you're doing more of you in their life. You know, that's it. Then from there, as we wait on the Lord, we recognize that um, listening is most of the, the work is I'm, I'm trying to trying to see or hear what God is doing for these individuals. Um, and so we train people to keep their eyes open. That's a whole other conversation, which I can tell you why, because, you know, you want to see what God is doing and, and, and partner with him in the physical. Um, Cause Paul will talk about first the natural, then the supernatural. So that's a whole other conversation, but mm -hmm. in a nutshell, I'm, I'm training people to hear on behalf of, so I will say, like, let's say I'm praying for someone and I have this idea in my head, this prompting. I don't know if it's a word of knowledge or not, but I just have a sense like they need comfort from the spirit. So I'll just say, Lord, would you comfort my brother or sister? Would you bring peace to them? And then I'll just begin to pray gentle prayers. I'm never saying thus saith the Lord if. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's just a gentle, like, and I might have, like you were with me. I, I might have a word of knowledge. Like Sunday, this just this last week, I had a word of knowledge for this older lady about something that happened. And I just brought a, a sense, hey, I, I've, I just sense that this happened. Um, it, and I'll ask her, hey, does this make sense? And then she's, you know, shook. Like, how did you know, essentially? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep praying. And then I'll pray. So I might have a word of knowledge. And that guides me to pray more intentionally. The Lord, would you heal what happened to her when she was a young woman? And Lord, would so anxiety, she tells me anxiety and fear since I was 20 because of this event. Lord, would you, would you take away the anxiety and fear? Would you begin to minister wow. to that place, comfort? And she, you know, she's now weeping. And so I know that that's the thing I'm supposed to pray for. And I'll pray, you know? And so, yeah, um, training people to hear God's voice. The question that you have to answer as someone who's growing in prayer is, do you believe God speaks today? Do you believe God's desire for people is to speak? I believe God's always speaking. We're just not always listening. Yeah. God's all his desire is always to bring love and wholeness and freedom and joy and peace and the kingdom reign here on earth as it is in heaven. And when we show up, there is a possibility through partnership with God that Matthew chapter six, God's kingdom would reign in physical bodies and minds in past emotions and and we can just be partners with him and his will being done so that's just, kind of the philosophy of prayer well just just amazing because it's so active and it's like we get to be a part of his work and we get to see what he's doing i, I think so much of my prayer life interceding for other people has um, involved, like hearing about their illness and me saying, Lord, just please, yes. just please heal them or hearing about a job yes. loss and saying, Lord, just bring them a new job. They, they need to pay their bills, but there's not that yes. active, like listening with that person. And I've grown in that in the last few years, mainly because I've had other people in my life that have been ahead of me in it. And yes. I can't tell yes. you what it has meant to me when I've been at different places in my journey and people have spent time listening to the spirit on my behalf and giving words. That yes. is like, you, you might as well give me a check for $10,000. I mean, it feels yes. like that much of a gift 
for people yes. to listen to the spirit on my behalf. Yes. And I, I honestly wouldn't still be standing without it. I've had some changes in direction. I've had some uh, seasons where I thought I really need to hear from the Lord. And I heard from the Lord through some people that spoke very evidently um, words yeah. of the spirit over me. So it's that way of praying that you're talking about is, is a totally different, it's a lifestyle. Right. Yes. And, and I just want to say like, it's for everyone. It's not like, it's not meant for professional Christians to get a paycheck from a church or pastors. Like we believe that we're training our kids ministry in this. Like, so our kids have words all the time. They pray for each other. Yeah. Um, our youth ministry does this. We um, like, I it's, and it's, it happens all the time. Like you just don't even realize how, if you're open to God doing it, how it will change lives so quickly. Like I just had a, a group of Canadian pastors come with, uh, I don't know, from uh, Christian church leaders network or something like that in Canada. They came down to our church. There was about 17 or 18 of them. And this pastor came up and he's like, do you remember me? I'm like, no. He's like, well, I was at Jason Ballard's house and you prayed for me and it changed my life. I'm like, oh, what happened? He's like, well, it was at a time when I was really reading Eugene Peterson. I was all about local pastors and I was talking about how I just wanted people to pastor. Everyone's obsessed with preaching. And I was kind of pushing back against preaching. And you had never met me, but you prayed for me. And you said, you asked me, are you a preacher? And I didn't know how to answer you because I was in the season where I was like rejecting preaching. And I said, I, you said to me, don't despise the gift God's gave, given you. And now I'm, I'm, I'm the lead preaching pastor and lead a preaching team at one of the largest churches in Canada. And that was like four years ago. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's insane. Like, but like in my mind, I'm like, I have no idea, but that's the point. It's not about me. It's not about me and what I hear. It's about the person and what God's trying to do. So this, this make all the pressures off. Like the, you, there's no performance. It's just like God wants to love his kids and you get yeah. to be a vessel for it. And who, who, yeah. who doesn't want to be a part of that? That's it. Yeah. Okay. I I just, I have been looking down at my phone, forgive me, because I okay. was trying to find no, um, a text from a girl that I barely knew when I showed up to that gathering where I met you. And so yeah. there was a, I, I, it like just came back to my brain. Um, you had us, uh, you know, join whoever needed prayer one-on-one. Yeah. Um, whoever was drawn and I knew barely a girl. Um, and I saw her asking for prayer and I went over to her in that moment and, uh, started doing what you're saying, like listening to the Lord on her behalf and a, a minute or so into hearing her talk, um, John seven thirty seven about him being the living water came to my mind yeah. out of literally nowhere. And, and you have to mm. know like this, even the way that you're setting it up, you're used to it. It's, it was still foreign to me. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, like you're, you've been growing in this. I'm getting there. Yeah. I'm feeling like I'm drinking from a hot fire right. hydrant. Like, wow, this is new. So I, I'm going up to this girl. I lay a hand on her. I look at her exactly what you're saying. Um, John 737 about him being the living water came to my mind. And I thought, uh, do, do I just say, do I just say this? Like, do I just say, and, yeah. and so I just said, um, I feel like you are thirsty and you need to remember to come to him as the living water. I don't know what that means. Um, this was just laid on my heart and 
So she's crying. So she's just crying and crying. And then literally, I kid you not, um, someone notices her crying, walks over from the other side of the room, puts a hand on her, has not heard one word that I've said, and mentions him being the living water. And yeah. I'm I'm like, Lord, like this just this this can't be anything other than you. But after yeah. she told us her story, it made sense how much she needed just that scripture highlighted. And then when she got home, she sent me a painting. She said, I've just started like painting to scripture. And before I left wow. on this trip, the day before, um, the Lord laid John 737 on my heart. And she, she showed me a picture of this painting she'd done that illustrated wow. to her, him being the living water. And so for her in that moment, it was just a stamp on what the Lord had yeah. shown her, even, even in starting yeah. that painting. Um, and to me, I, I still don't, I don't even remember what that meant to her at the time. What I take away from that is exactly what you're saying. Gosh, this is exciting work to be able yes. to hear yes. and yes. to take the risk of knowing this might not land or it might, it, it might not be the Lord, but I'm going to take the risk because that's probably the highlight of that trip is knowing, gosh, God, I was just this empty vessel and he spoke a word that meant something to this person. That's, that's, it's amazing to see, like, it's for anyone who's available and open. I I just want to say, I have a, one of the guys on our staff, he's number two, John, he got radically transformed in a prayer setting like that at our church. Amazing story, testimony. Now he's on staff seven years after that event. And he's been on this journey. He just got back from a place I can't name on the podcast, but, uh, and he got to, he was invited to minister at this place in the Middle East and was with the highest level of government. And he's at this meeting with all these leaders that lead the, the, the country. And they're, they're giving, he's giving words of knowledge to people. And he had like couples and they're at this, this meal. And then they leave and the translator comes out and there's a line of people. And they're like, hey, we heard you read palms. He's open your hands and close your eyes. And he's like, no, I don't read palms. I hear from God. And I believe Jesus is the one who speaks. Well, they're like, we believe in Jesus, but he's a, he's a prophet. He's like, no, he's more than a prophet. And he, he literally went through praying for these officials, the way I just described hearing on behalf, having prophetic words, words of knowledge, mm-hmm. and they're experiencing the presence of God. Some of them accepted Jesus. Some of them welcomed Jesus what? into their life. Like, and there's nothing, there's no like sermon. There's no, it's just learning to be used. And it's so simple. It's like, you don't, you just come in and you just learn to be used by God in these moments. And it's, you're not always going to hear something for someone else. And most of the time it's not that way, but there are these divine moments where God's like, yep, I'm putting my finger down. Let's go. And let's, you know, release people into what's next. I, I love it. It's so much but fun. Talk about a risk. I mean, he took a risk with that group of people. He has nothing else to do other than that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's why we're there. That's why we're here. Like, Unreal. Like, how fun is that? Well, kudos to you, John, if you happen to be hearing this, that is just, just amazing. Um, Okay. Well, also one other thing in that gathering where we met was uh, you just led us in a time of group prayer. And I was thinking you were going to be praying a lot, but you just set it up and there was a lot of time um, that you made space for us to just listen to God. So 
Making space has been a theme that just keeps coming back to me. Tell yeah. us your heart for making space. I, and I, I feel like that's something that a lot of us are missing in the corporate church setting. Um, but tell us about your conviction about making space, whether it's in the corporate church or small groups yeah. or any time. Yeah, like, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think a few things. One, we talk a lot and, you know, it's in the American church, the church in the West, we, we cram in as much content into a short amount of time as possible. And most humans don't pause to just be quiet. There's so much noise. So I think part of the, the role that we have as leaders is just getting rid of distractions in moments together. We can listen to the Lord, training people to hear God's voice corporately. So part of it is just, hey, a minute of silence is really uncomfortable for people because they can't be silent with themselves. And doing that together is even harder. We're like, oh, it's uncomfortable. But actually, it's those moments that create the context for God to speak. The second thing is in corporate gatherings where we actually just pause and wait and we train people. Like, so what you also see me do in those moments is just commentate. I'll just, we'll be quiet for a while, create space. But then I'm also listening, Lord, are you wanting to say anything? And sometimes I'll hear things and I'll share them publicly. I'm like, I sense this. And you will see a reaction. There are people that are hearing us. It's not always the case. I'm not saying I always hear from the Lord. And I'm not always getting it right. But there are moments where it's like, yeah, there's a prophetic word for someone in a moment that we need to highlight. God wants to minister to them. And it's like he just He just shows you know those individuals that, He's there with them and he wants to speak and pray. He wants to minister to them. Also, in context like this, I don't know what your listeners are are used to, but in those moments where we're like, come Holy Spirit, let's just wait on you, Lord. Let's wait on the Holy Spirit to minister. He does minister. And so I have seen in those moments of quiet, people experience and encounter God on their own. Not because the worship, like I'll say, let's not play music. Let's just keep it quiet. People start crying. And there are people who normally aren't crying or wanting to cry. People start laughing. People start, and I'm not saying that that's a sign, but it could be um, that emotions need to come out or that joy needs to come out or that uh, they'll still need to sit down because there's a weight that they feel. Like, you know, you think about the Old Testament word for the glory of the Lord. It's a weightiness. There's yeah. a physical pop weight that they want to sit down and so all to say there's like these manifestations or, or these experiences that people begin to have corporately and not to reject them but to just say hey we want to create space for people to encounter god together and it's the quiet it's the silence that allows people to encounter that they begin to feel their bodies they begin to listen to the lord in their mind they begin to um, encounter god in a, in a tangible way that's why we do it. And also for me, as a, as someone who's trying to bear witness to the presence of God, like I think that's what I would describe when I, when I do, when I facilitate ministry, I just want to bear witness mm. to the spirit. Mm. Like I, I have seen God move in power in my life, in my wife's life, in my kid's life, in my friend's life, in our church throughout the last 14 years. And I just want to bear witness. And I'll say, he doesn't always minister in the, the ways I'm describing. Sometimes it's just a, a normal Sunday. Great. I don't have any words. We'll continue on. And that happens a lot in our church context. Not we'll say, Hey, if you're sick, come forward. There's no word. There's no other word. So just, you know, go about normal Sunday. Sometimes like this last Sunday, I wasn't there. God just ministered in power. Worship went somewhere. 
worship extended. Our, our service went a lot longer than normal. And that just happened. So um, we just want to be responsive to what God's doing. And so anyways, the silence, the space, it's just to, to listen on behalf of God. And, and yeah. sometimes we hear God, sometimes we don't. That's it. It's just recognizing that it's not, he's not a power to wield. Yeah. He's a person. And there are moments where he comes and he doesn't come when I'm like, all right, open up your hands. Sometimes it's during announcements and we got to stop our service and allow the spirit to move. Wow. Like sometimes, so this is what I'm talking about. Like sometimes it's when you want to become a, a culture that's responding to the spirit, it could be that he came in your preparation for your sermon and spoke to you in the preparation and you deliver that word of God as scheduled. Right. Sometimes it's, you preach one sermon in the first service and the second service is like something else. And you got to, you got to attend to that voice. Sometimes it's during the announcement. Sometimes it's after the sermon. I, so sometimes it's straight up during worship. So we create a response culture that allows our whole community to respond to what God wants to do. One of the things that you were just describing though, really stuck out to me. And that was you shepherding that moment during the space. I, yeah. I was actually remembering as a young child. So I went to a more formal, it was a Baptist church. And, you know, we all uh, were in the South. We all dressed like perfectly for Sunday and sat perfectly yeah. and all of that. Um, but I remember um, during several hymns, I would cry and mm -hmm. I would so... I would try so hard not to, cause I didn't see any emotion around me. We were, um, you know, we were more rote in the way that we worshiped. And I remember feeling almost some shame, like there'd be a tear sneaking out and it wasn't just the beauty of the music. It was the way the words right. were touching me and the way that the Lord was meeting me. And I do believe the spirit was, uh, was just, I, I was having an encounter with him in that yes. moment, but because there were never words around that for me as a child, yeah. I just, you know, kind of made my tears go away. And, um, and I just thought, well, that's kind of weird, weird that I do that. Yeah. And, um, I think what was so helpful in that moment in the gathering where we were was for you to say, because someone did not just the girl I'm talking yeah. about, there was someone across the room yeah. that started crying. And for people that came from environments, um, like yeah. I'm talking about, you kind of look out the corner of your eye and think like, well, what, what do we do? do uh, is something wrong? Do we escort out of her yeah. out of the room? Like, um, yeah. and I think that moment of you shepherding what yeah. was happening was really important, um, for people, especially with those backgrounds, uh, for you to say, yeah. here's can be normal, um, for someone um, that, that has felt shame over tears or not really known what that was. It's just instructive and helpful. Uh, so tell yeah. us again, like, how, how do you yeah. say that? How do you, because it wasn't just what you said, it was like this really calm, normalizing way about you. Yeah. Just, so tell us about that one more time, a little yeah, more. I, I think, yes, that's great. I think my journey going from cessationist Bible to charismatic bible like believe like taking that journey i was, i kind of had a massive caution towards the hysterical the emotionalism yeah. the intensity that you can see in charismatic environments that like scare people off so it we just try to normalize or naturally supernatural demystify the supernatural to make it accessible to people and so 
in context, like and we do this every time. So in house churches or we train our teams and leaders to normalize the experience. So what for perfect example is like you, you're having a, an emotional reaction to the hymn and your church has, has conditioned you to, you know, think this is how God's going to show up, but God's showing up to you uniquely outside of that, that condition. And like, so now there's a sense of like shame or I don't know versus in an environment where we have a lot of non-Christians come in, a lot of broken people, a lot of people have been hurt by the church and they come to an environment where the spirit is clearly ministering. What comes out of people when the Holy Spirit fills them is often the things that they're carrying. So if there's tons of wounds and pain and brokenness, they're going to cry. Like that's, that's, I've seen large grown men. I've seen women just hysterically cry. And when those moments happen, okay, is it the Holy Spirit? Is it them trying to get attention? I don't know. But what we tend to do is just shut it all down and be like, oh, we don't, we want order. And I'm like, hold on. Like when he talks about creating order and everything being proper, uh, fitting properly in the, in the service, he's talk, he also talks about prophecy and tongues. And there's a lot of charismatic stuff happening. But what we do in the evangelical circle is just get dismiss all of the gifts except for preaching and worship, you know, in a transitional prayer and maybe some communion and some offering. But that's about it. But for me, I'm like, man. If the Holy Spirit's ministering, we have to make it normal for people. So we'll say things like, hey, it's okay to cry in church like it's okay to bleed in a hospital. This is the place mm-hmm. where you can encounter God. Um, and and I, I have personal experience. So my wife comes from a very cessationist background. Like, And when she started experiencing the Holy Spirit, she's a very serious person, very, very smart intellectual person. She started experiencing crazy joy in the midst of depression and pain. Wow. And the joy would manifest with uncontrollable laughter. She'd never been in a church where that, that ever happened. We're sitting at a church, Rock Harbor, that sent us out before we planted. And she starts laughing. And I'm like, Shh, like quiet down. But I know she's got nothing but de- pain and depression and all this anxiety. And so as God's ministering to her, it was out of context, out of norm. And, and that's happened in her life where the spirit moves. And it's like, everyone knows my wife is very thoughtful, very smart. And they're like, they watch her uncontrollably laugh like testimony of god's goodness you know healing and so there's been these moments where there's there's things like that where people minister and you know the truth is also deliverance of evil spirits like there are demons in people and there are people and that are that are demonized and that are carrying wounds they're not you know possessed like the exorcist but they have been oppressed and they have been impacted by evil spirits which is clear clearly clearly part of jesus's ministry and when people encounter the spirit those things go um and that's usually met with pain or you know uncomfortable experiences that we're not used to because we're used to neat and tidy and i love what one of my mentors said he's like it's neat and tidy in the graveyard but it's messy in the nursery Um, (laughs) or you could say It's better to have a little bit of wildfire than no fire at all. So at the end of the day, Mm. you know, my job is to shepherd, to commentate, to be a non-reactive presence. So sometimes it's crazy. And I'm like, oh, it's totally normal. You know, our team comes around the person weeping. It's okay to cry. They're crying really loud. Hey, we'll get some music on. Some of you, this is going to scare. I get it. Is this weird? Yeah. Like I say those things to just like, just ease the tension in a room, you know? So that's all. 
That's what we try well, to do. And yeah, exactly what you're saying. I'm glad you just actually said those phrases out loud. Just like, this is what's going on. It's yeah. okay. It's, it's, it's also, um, it says something about your release of control and who you yes. believe is in charge of the gathering and who you believe is in charge of the church. Like it, 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 uh, it yeah. speaks of the theology behind that. And it's, um, I, I just cannot tell you how helpful that was. And hopefully even just these phrases are, are going to be an encouragement to people listening. Like these are phrases we can all say, even if we don't believe it yet. Like this is, this is normal. This is, this is okay. Yes. Um, it's, it's super helpful. I have one final question that's kind of broad, but, you know, we've talked a lot about corporate gatherings or even small group gatherings, how we can shepherd those. But in this series about hearing God, I know a lot of people um, aren't leading at that capacity. You know, they're ordinary people with ordinary jobs. And I know your heart and I've heard your teaching enough to know that you are just as excited about those people hearing from God in yeah. those environments oh, yeah. as you are any um, any formal prayer gathering at your church. So what would your greatest encouragement be to all the people out there that aren't in ministry uh, vocationally mm-hmm. on hearing God's voice and what that could mean for all of us as we take a step in? That's a great question. I would say, I mean, this that's where the whole point of hearing God is for ordinary life. It's not for yeah. the extraordinary moments of Sunday. So, you know, I, I have so many stories of business leaders hearing God for business deals. Like I have a friend who literally like, you know, having issues with the client, the Lord speaks to him about what to do, buys a ticket, flies to the client, meets with them, gets this crazy deal. I have a friend who I just heard the story of a, a guy who owned a coffee shop in Northern Ireland, he uh, just started doing pour over. This is years ago. He enters into a competition for a world competition for best pour over coffee. And um, he didn't know this, but, you know, not being great at it, um, the the grind machine that everyone had to use was was inaccurate. And he's like, I don't know how to do this. I'm going to go to the competition to practice. He didn't do it well. He hears three and a quarter. So he's like, all right, God speaking. He sets the grind to three and a quarter. He wins the competition, goes to the world finals. Like, what do you do with these things? Like, I, mm-hmm. I can tell you stories of parent, parenting my boys through COVID. It was having, we had some sh- struggles. And uh, I, I felt like the Lord say something specific for my my younger son about what he was experiencing. And I, I changed my parenting style for him versus my older son. And that worked. Like, this is where it goes. Like, God knows the intimate details of your life, in your business, in your marriage, in your in your parenting, in your workplace, um, with your relationships, like so. So learning to like bring the Lord into those places, bring the Lord into those decision making processes, like decide that you will be someone who hears His voice and obeys. So I would say one, know that God desires to speak to you about those things. Two wait on him to hear look you don't have to be a parked car like be moving and interact as you go but the the main thing is if you hear something go for it like i'm not saying like sell everything and go to calcutta i'm saying like if he speaks like hey give some money away today or go and do this be obedient and see what happens and then and then track those stories you will like a year from now, you, you will see a wild adventure. Your life will be far more meaningful. It will yeah. be full of 
uh, radical encounters. It'll be full of like God-sized dreams being fulfilled. Um, that's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm witnessing. That's what I'm, I'm witnessing that everywhere. Careers, like jobs, opportunities, parenting moments, friendships, like the journey is remarkable. I have a friend who, you know, gave a, bought a car and was supposed to sell his great, nice car. Got in a moment to give it, give it to this guy, gives it to this guy. And it was that guy's dream car. Like he didn't know, you know, and just <laughs> you, you, you will have an adventure. It will be the greatest yeah. adventure. Well, it's so, addictive. It's addictive. Like yeah. once you've lived this yeah. way, you don't want to go back to just praying for the person to get a job or praying for the person to be healed. Yes. You want to be involved in God's plans and, and to be a yeah. part and, Wow. This is, I'm, I'm very excited from this conversation. I'm, I've yeah. learned so much from you and I'm just excited for us all to just, just to be more apart and just to see him come yeah. through because, because he does. Yes. Well, and you're, you're setting yourself up for God having to show up like so much of our lives. Like I love yeah. Acts one and eight where Jesus says, wait, you'll receive power when the Holy spirit comes yeah. on you to be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. And I think at the end of the day, we don't need power because yeah. we're living such complacent lives where we don't need yeah. God to show up. But, but if we, we posture ourselves where we need the ability to do what we can't do on our own strength, power from God's presence, there'll be adventure. So we'll see miracles. We'll see all the things, but it will be in everyday life. So I love it. Thank you, Darren. Well, um, thanks for, thanks for joining us. And I would love, I I know I now am listening to your teaching from garden. Uh, Could you just tell the listeners if they want to hear more from you um, where to go? Yeah, just go to garden.church. You can find us on all, all the things garden.church on Instagram, on YouTube. We live stream our services. We record them. Our podcast is on there. That's it. Just go there. Until you tell your church you're taking another in- Instagram break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Didn't Unless, you do that for we, like a year? <laughs> yeah, we t- yeah, we took a year off of Instagram because the Lord told us to. So yeah, our whole church. Yeah. But, but for now, you're, for right now, now. you're on. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. thank you, Darren, uh, so you're much. Welcome. Would you mind just uh, giving a yeah, okay. quick prayer for everyone listening yeah. as we're on yeah. this journey together? And then uh, we just want to thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Yeah, Lord, I just thank you for friendship. I thank you for um, brothers and sisters around the nation that are just listening here today. I pray, Jesus, that you would speak to them. I pray, God, you'd awaken their heart to what's possible again. And for those that are sleeping through life, I pray you wake them up. For those that have been complacent or longing to hear your voice, I just pray for the simplicity of your whisper to come into Mm -hmm. their life now through the power of the Holy Spirit and that they would obey your word. So many people right now have heard your word, but they haven't acted on it. So God, would you give them courage to act on what they've already heard? May they be obedient to the word already spoken. And then God, would you fill their minds and imagination with new words in the name of Jesus? Amen. Amen.